This is your last chance. After this, there is no turning back. You take the blue pill. The story ends. You wake up in your bed and believe whatever you want to do. You take the red pill. You stay in Wonderland. And I show you how deep the rabbit hole goes. This is Monica Perez waking Atlanta up to the true threats to our liberty every Saturday from 3 to 6 right here on 95.5 WSB. 3 to 6 when I'm not uh, making room for UGA sports, and that's today. So, and if you want to hear every day, my producer Binkley and I do a, what we call the drive time news blast, because that's what it is, 30 minutes every day in time for your drive, where we just give you, basically blast the news at you from our honest perspective, and it's pretty good, and you can find it at Propaganda Report podcast feed anywhere you listen to podcasts but you may have been following along with us as we talked about this whistleblower scandal about the bidens and the impeachment all of that but just since yesterday i found so much information about what's what is really going on behind the scenes with biden and the connections that his son has had over the years with some shady characters in some shady dealings so i want to i want to get to that now, Binkley, you and I have talked about, oh, this case. Okay, let me just reiterate what I said a little bit earlier, recap. Hunter Biden joined this firm, Burisma Holdings, in 2014 after basically the U.S. orchestrated a coup in the Ukraine. That's I'm going to say that because that is pretty much how I understand the definition of a coup. At the same time as Hunter Biden joined, his business partner, these are young guys, uh, but his business partner in a financial company, Devin Archer, also joined that same time, the Burisma Holdings. So I wanted to see who this guy was, and it ends up he had a conviction for major fraud where his co-fraudsters are spending years in prison. But he and he alone had his conviction, a jury conviction, overturned by a judge the judge's name was ronnie abrams and i thought that's weird so he has to go back to trial but she said there just wasn't enough evidence for a reasonable jury to think that he knew what he was doing was wrong something like that so i had to look into her because that was weird to me that someone so high highly connected whose conviction would have been a major scandal and was but now maybe would have come up more all of a sudden is the only one who escapes punishment in this uh, who was tried for this so it's this woman ronnie abrams is a judge she went get this to the dalton school does that ring a bell to you it does you know who that where who are two names are associated with the dalton school i can't remember offhand but i remember that they're prominent yes bob is it bill Barr? oh yes epstein and bar right was the whatever head headmaster and yeah. I think the evidence is in that he hired Jeffrey Epstein without any good reason. And this is at the same time that Bill Barr, our current attorney general, was at the CIA. So when he was at the CIA, his father at the Dalton School hired this unqualified guy and who later turned out to be instrumental in uh, sex trafficking of minors. Okay, so this woman was there probably at the time. Actually, I actually think she would have been there at the time anyway, but I don't think that's really relevant. She went to Yale Law School, which is 
very prestigious, well-connected, beyond. I mean, that's like to be a red flag. And you're talking to someone who has like credentials like that, but I didn't get into Yale Law School <laughs> and I can understand why. So, uh, but what was interesting to me about her is a couple of things. So this, I was looking for anything weird about the judge because there's like nothing weird in in my bio, right? So like most of us, most 300 something million of us, you're not, if we had a wiki entry, it wouldn't have like military intelligence or <laughs> connections to Jeffrey Epstein, right? I mean, it just wouldn't. So when any time like you see a judge who has like five weird cases, I'm like, oh, he's the weird case guy. They pull him out when they need weird or when they want to make a point like the... I feel like it was there was a Kavanaugh judge like that. But anyway, so she had two notable cases in her background. One was that she had said there was sufficient evidence to go forward in the Katie Johnson rape case where this 13 year old said that Trump and Epstein raped her. And you, Binkley, brought that case to our attention some time ago and you had it right from the beginning. What's the just give us a couple sentences on what that case was about. Well, that case, it turned out, was the person behind it was the former producer of a Jerry Springer show who was trying to make millions off of it. He's something he's done off of scandals in the past. And even the Miami Herald, who does everything they can to try and tie Trump to Epstein, found that that was a dead end. There's nothing and, there. And the case just uh, evaporated from what yeah, I can tell. It was uh, dropped. It just went away. Yeah, I, I couldn't even fa- find out how, like, why, or it just went away. Probably when it came out that she was being promoted by a basically a circus promoter. Oh yeah, so I've then, been to the Jerry Springer show. It's a circus promoter. Yes, and and this judge was the one who said that there was merit enough for it to go forward, and it's her alone that really gave this thing credibility. Ronnie Abrams. Really? So this is where this case, like this Biden case, I've never actually normally like you dig in enough and you find Republicans and Democrats on both sides of all of it. But I'm not seeing that. This is all Democrats, all. So so she was also on the emoluments case where some citizens were trying to sue Trump for because he had hotels where foreign dignitaries stayed. He was profiting from there. And I, I was always baffled by the fact that they weren't suing him for owning for holding the lease on the u.s post office in dc which is prohibited to elected officials i don't understand but anyway she was on that case and she recused herself you're never in a million years going to guess why she ronnie abrams recused herself from that case so i'm just going to tell you because her husband greg andres became the assistant special counsel for Russian interference in 2016 elections under Mueller. Oh, my gosh. (laughs) So she is the one who got Hunter Biden's partner off the hook for fraud. Yeah. The guy who also sat on Burisma Holdings board. Okay, so there's no conflict of interest. Well, there's. In that case, oh, she, she might have recused herself from the Devin Archer case. Yes, I don't know. So, okay, so there are some dots. I can't really connect them beyond just dots, but there's more. Like, remember that name, Greg Andres. He's coming up later in the story. So, uh, what was the headline you were reading me? You were telling me something about Warren. What was that one? Elizabeth Warren was asked at her rally this weekend 
if her ethics plan would allow the son of a vice president to serve on the board of a foreign company, which is what Biden did. And at first she says no, but then it registers with her that she's being asked about Biden and she goes, uh, I, I don't know. I have to check my plan. And everybody noticed that she like kind of. Oh, absolutely. Stumbled. OK, so but here's the thing. So they want to make it look like that, like it's nepotism. That it's just he's on this board and like that's screwy because he drew a salary or his firm got a fee. And I remember thinking that is small potatoes. Like, I mean, it was it was like a valid looking fee even. You know, I mean, I just thought this is not what's a big deal. I, I get that nepotism, yada, yada. But I just didn't think that the that the number was big enough. And as I dug into these guys, I'm sure I'm right because their numbers are big. And this is what I think. Now, this is pure speculation. I am speculating. But this is what I think is really going on over there. This is what I'm speculating. Okay. So it gets really complicated. Um, I'm going to give you just like an overview, like a, a, a bullet point, and then we can dig in. This guy, Mikola Zlochevsky, is the sole owner of Burisma Holdings. And he got those licenses while he was in the government, kind of the way Warner got FTC licenses. Like, it's a little screwy. So, but... But in 2014, so when all this stuff was going down and Hunter Biden got on the board, they installed the new government in Ukraine. Biden was going over there every other day. The this prosecutor at the heart of the story, Victor Shokin, I think his name was. I have a lot of names here. Shokin. Yeah. So he. So our guy, Jeffrey Pyatt, who was the ambassador to Ukraine, who was in our clips last week, he was trying to get this guy, Mikola Zlochevsky, up, Burisma Holdings, up on corruption charges. And everyone's like, well, clearly Hunter Biden wasn't stopping us from pursuing a corrupt guy. So the prosecutor they wanted to get out went to this guy, gave him a pass, like wasn't actually pursuing this, which is kind of the opposite of the story you're hearing. You're hearing that, Biden wanted him to stop pursuing Burisma, but he wasn't pursuing Burisma. We wanted him to pursue the guy who ran Burisma, and he wasn't doing it. He was pursuing a George Soros-related anti-corruption, quote, activism thing, which he was asked to stop doing. So we're going to get into that later, too. But what I think might have been happening is part of this George Soros network of things, the kleptocracy asset recovery initiative, Dem- democracy integrity initiative, a- ant act like an anti-corruption thing in Ukraine. All these things are about asset, asset recovery, asset forfeiture. They accuse foreign people of being corrupt and then they take the assets. So I think there's a chance, I don't know, I'm literally speculating here, but the thing that makes those dots potentially connect is that they were running this guy out of town to seize the assets in Burisma, where Hunter was positioned, perhaps, and he had his financial firm with this partner, Devin Archer. Maybe it was a much bigger play than we're being told. And that's why when Shokin was like, I'm not, no. And then ultimately, this guy, Zlochevsky, came back recently and may still have trouble, but they never really got anything to stick against him. Although I personally think that he and like 
I think there, I have never seen so much corruption in my life as digging into this Ukraine story. And that's what they say. Like even Putin said it to the to the president they ran out of town. He was like, you're awful. Like, I don't even want you in this country, but I know you're going to get murdered if I don't protect you. I told you you're stupid and corrupt every step of the way. Like, there's no heroes in this story. But I feel like that my, I, you know, I just wonder what is going on with this asset forfeiture. We're going to have to touch on that a little bit more because it's like, it's like the, uh, a little too mind-blowing right yeah. now. So let's digest, take a break. We'll maybe recap. You can give me a call if you want me to clarify, 404-872-0750 or tweet, of course, at Monica Perez Show. We'll be right back and, and kind of like distill that a little bit more. Monica Perez. Evil does seek to maintain power by suppressing the truth. On 95.5 WSB, Atlantis News and Talk. We're knee deep in the real story behind the Biden scandal. And I will tell you, I... There was a funny little wrinkle that I saw a whole article about that said, well, obviously, Biden had nothing to do with anything because Jeffrey Pyatt, the ambassador, Biden, everybody was trying to get the Burisma holding guy in trouble to get him to be pursued as a corrupt actor. And that's why we wanted to get rid of that prosecutor. And I'm thinking, why would they want to get rid of that guy if he's the one who hired Hunter? But I don't know if he is because he was run out of Ukraine right when Hunter came onto the board of Burisma Holdings. Like he ran for it because they were after him. And from what there are conflicting reports, but I from what I can tell, this guy Shokin would not did not pursue. He was criticized by Pyatt anyway for not pursuing this. And maybe that's how they're going to spin this for Biden. But I think that there's another way to spin it, which could be that they wanted to get rid of Burisma because this Shokin, and maybe this is why Shokin was investigating not Burisma, but the anti-corruption activist association funded by Soros and the United States government in Ukraine. So the prosecutor wasn't looking at Burisma. It was looking for the ones who were after Burisma. And maybe he was trying to figure out because this network of Soros anti worldwide anti-corruption uh, activist groups actually get assets from foreign actors. They actually pursue corruption in foreign countries. And and it's completely outside of our legal jurisdiction to do so. And it's very questionable to do it in partnership with a private person. So they wanted they wanted Shokin out. Biden wanted him out, the prosecutor. The anti-corruption thing wanted him out. And and he did, and and Biden is the one, and we can play it at the bottom of the hour right after the next break, that Biden saying in his own words he got rid of this guy. So I think there's a lot to it. And if you want to look into it, if anybody wants to, like, pull on some threads here, the the operations, the Soros operations are, uh, it took a while for me to find the funding on some of these, but he's funded both the Kleptocracy Asset Recovery Initiative and the Democracy Integrity Initiative. And this anti-corruption thing in Ukraine, Obama, the Obama administration specifically requested that the prosecutor not pursue, there's many witnesses to this, not pursue uh, an investigation into that uh, act, activist group. So we'll play that clip of Biden right after the break. This is Monica Perez. Monica Perez. No, never give up, never surrender. On 95.5 WSB, Atlantis News and Talk. 
This is Monica Perez waking Atlanta up to the truth that's threats to our liberty every Saturday from 3 to 6 right here on 95.5 WSB. I am on till 6 today. Sometimes I'm not on uh, regular time because of UGA Sports, but that's okay. We, You can always find our show. Binkley and I do a podcast. We actually do a daily podcast, which you can find at any podcasting platform you like under Propaganda Report. And that's what it is. So... We're digging into this Biden stuff, and I personally think it should genuinely be investigated. The interference with the prosecutor over there, trying to, uh, whatever they were doing with this guy who was running Burisma Holdings, I think that there is a lot here, and it should be investigated. I, I don't know, but I think that if it is, if it, if Trump at this point, were to launch an investigation, it would be called a counter-investigation, it would be called abuse of power or an attempt to slow down the impeachment process, obstruction of justice. I mean, this is your theme, Binkley, where you say it, they frame it as being a Trump thing, so anything he does is a reaction. Yeah, like you said, anything's an abuse of power. And my takeaway is that if I'm a criminal... I want Trump to publicly call for an investigation into my crimes. Yes, and then you're already one in the court of public opinion. I'm home free. There's another thing that both of us noticed is that they they will overwhelm you with information. Yeah, and they're doing that now. They're releasing new documents on Biden saying that it's calling into question the timeline, which is a tried and true propaganda technique to cover up inconvenient truth from getting exposed. Is to do what? Is to release, is to flood the public yeah. with information that overwhelms them. And if you do it like an impa- a formal impeachment process, an investigation, or a court, you know how how cluttered up a, a court thing, like a trial, investigation, hearings. I mean, some is public, some is private. It just goes on. For, it can literally go on for years if they want it to. And you're never, it's going to be less clear. At the end, not more clear, but this particular thing should be investigated. And there's a chance that actually in Ukraine they want to investigate it because there's some uh, conflicting reports of the guy who replaced Shokin. So the prosecutor Biden wanted to get rid of was a guy named Lutsenko. And I think he wouldn't play ball either. He was considered a hero over there because he spent two years in jail by the guy we ran out of town, the the president. There's tons of corruption. Like the, the democratically elected president over there who we ran out of town was thoroughly corrupt. Like it's Ukraine is the most corrupt thing I've ever heard of. So this guy was in jail at that guy's hands. And then when our people went in, they let this guy Lutsenko out. I don't know if he deserved to be in jail or not, but he's considered a hero by the West, which is. So you have a clip for me of Biden boasting about what he did. Uh, I, I There was an ending to the clip. I didn't have you keep on there, but he said, oh, uh, this Lutsenko is a super solid guy, whatever. But he likes Lutsenko. But anyway, let's hear this clip. This is Joe Biden at a Council of Foreign Relations issue launch so joe biden uh wrote an article ha with michael carpenter who i suspect actually wrote the article about how bad russia is and they at the foreign affairs magazine which is the the publication of the council of foreign relations had a launch party for the issue and they interviewed biden on this article and here is an excerpt from that interview 
the Donbass has potential to be able to be solved, but it takes two things. One of those things is missing now, and that is I'm desperately concerned about the backsliding on the part of uh, uh, Kiev in terms of corruption. They made, I mean, I'll, I'll give you one concrete example. I, I, I was, not I, I, but it just happened to be that was the assignment I got. I, I, I got all the good ones. Uh, and uh, so I got Ukraine. And uh, um, I remember going over convincing our team, our <coughs> others, to convincing us that we should be providing for loan guarantees. And I went over, I guess, the 12th, 13th time to Kiev and uh, and I was going, supposed to announce that there was another billion-dollar loan guarantee. And I had gotten a commitment from Poroshenko and from uh, Yatsenyuk that they would take action against the state prosecutor, and they didn't. So they said they had they were walking out to press conference. Said, "No, nah. I said I'm not going to. We're not going to give you the billion dollars." They said, "You have no authority. You're not the president." The president said, "I said call him." <laughs> I said, "I'm telling you, you're not getting the billion dollars." I said, you're not getting the billion. I'm going to be leaving here. And I think it was, what, six hours? I looked, I said, I'm leaving in six hours. If the prosecutor's not fired, you're not getting the money. Well, son of a bitch. <laughs> got fired. And then he, the last line was, uh, and he got replaced by a super solid guy. But the guy they insisted on getting fired, one person who insisted on getting Shokin fired, was the head of this ANTAC, this anti-corruption activist group that that prosecutor was investigating. That is an organization that was paid for by the U.S. government, by George Soros, uh, in and Soros's other similar initiatives are called the Kleptocracy Asset Recovery Initiative, the Democracy Integrity Initiative, where they go up against foreign people and foreign entities and seize their assets as a result of corruption probes. But in my mind, I don't know what process they're going through to steal people's stuff or how they determine who and who they are not going to accuse of corruption, how, how they target these people. So I really smell a rat with that. And then Biden saying he got that guy fired. And that was the guy who would not run the head of Burisma Holdings out of town. And then the guy who replaced him, who Biden called a super solid guy, I think he wouldn't do it either because that Burisma guy finally came back last year or the year before. Now he's still got some trouble. And I'm uh, I, nothing in my mind thinks makes me think that this guy is on the up and up. Don't get me wrong. But I think that they were after him, not because they cared about corruption, but because they liked his assets. So, so, And they actually tried to keep London from returning to him his assets. But uh, there were $23 million that they had frozen of this guy's. And I think Lutsenko, the, the the successor of Shokin, those prosecutors, I think he would not. I don't think either of those guys would participate in uh, having London keep that guy's assets. Now, I don't think any, I, I've never seen evidence that anybody over there is on the up and up. So my guess is that these are loyalties, that these are, the people are on different teams, or maybe there's there's mob stuff in there that they don't want to get tangled up with. One of the guys, a banker in an Estonian branch of a Den- Danish company was found dead on his property, and this guy was at the helm 
when some very funny money laundering stuff was going on that related in some way to the Browder Magnitsky story. And this guy, they said he committed suicide and was found in his backyard, but the police were looking for him for two days before they found him in his backyard. So I consider that a fishy story. And I'm just saying, like, I'm not saying these guys are heroes. I'm just saying sometimes when you're in the soup, you're like, you know which <laughs> how to get to the rim. So I really don't know like this. I'm just trying to piece this stuff together. I would love to see a real investigation that you could actually get to the bottom of this because there's so many different interests and funny business. It's it's not a it's not common or okay to to tell other places who to investigate and who not to investigate. So, but that's that's some of this stuff. But all right, so let's get back to the Hunter Biden and his business associates. So he's got this Devin Archer guy. Devin Archer was a roommate of Chris Hines, John Kerry's stepson. Very rich guy. They, the Hines family's investment arm is called Rosemont. So Hunter Biden and Chris Hines created a company. I think they were like the founders and the owner. And Devin Archer was a managing partner or some kind of partner. Now it's called Rosemont Seneca. So this guy, Devin Archer... Took the sat on the board with uh, at Barisma at the same time that Hunter Biden did, and he was later in I think 2018 convicted along with some co-conspirators of a fraud where they issued bogus bonds of a, a an American Indian tribe. And then they took the money, so they sold it to investors and took the money and bought, like, luxury goods and stuff. Like, there were no real bonds. I guess the tribe was going to be on the hook for this stuff. Even and this is a guy that worked with John Kerry's stepson. Yeah, he was considered a partner. Maybe, let's, from what I can tell, he was a junior partner at Rosemont Seneca. And Hunter Biden and Chris Hines were the senior partners. Okay. And these are young guys. Like, Hunter Biden was the guy who, not too long before this, around that time, actually... He was kicked out of the Navy for testing positive for Coke in 2014, I think, is what I... I have to double-check that date, but I think that's what... That can't be true. Anyway, he was kicked out of the Navy for Coke, and he just... He's generally regarded as a ne'er-do-well, I guess, not not the superstar that his brother is portrayed at, his brother who died of cancer. So, so, Okay. Let's okay. So let's say all right. So Devin Archer, Chris Hines, and Hunter Biden did Rosemont Seneca. They partnered with James Bulger, Whitey Bulger's nephew and the son of Billy Bulger, who basically ran the table in the state legislature of Massachusetts for a long time, and was close with the Carries. Billy Bulger's close with the Carries. And those four kids got together and formed a, a partnership with the, the Bank of China, which is a government entity. So these are whippersnappers. I mean, no, they're maybe 40 years old. I don't know how old they are. But they're, they had no, no legs on this thing. It's, this, this part of the story is described in that article by Peter Schweitzer, which is an excerpt of his book. And it says these these kids put this together. It is very hard to get that kind of high level access in China, but they did. 
And they formed this joint venture just at the time that John Kerry, who was the Senate Foreign Relations Committee chair, and Joe Biden, who's the VP, were pivoting to Asia and conducting high-level negotiations in Asia. And around the time, like within 10 days of signing this big deal, or one of the big deals of this company, Hunter Biden traveled to China to conduct some of these negotiations on Air Force Two and was welcomed by a delegation on a red carpet. And if you, from my understanding of how it works in China, I actually knew, I I knew a high-level political guy. Like, he wasn't personally my friend, but I knew him, I knew of him, and I was familiar with his story. He was a politician. And he got this super high-level job at, like, a very prestigious private equity firm and I knew he had no finance background at all and I was just like dumbfounded and then I realized that he had connections in China and he was viewed as a powerful politician and he had political connections and they think and they're probably right that that's how you get stuff done over here so when you show up on Air Force Two (laughs) with the with the son, uh, the stepson of the Senate Foreign Relations guy and the vice president, I actually Kerry wasn't on the plane that time. But when all your connections are high profile in the news, and then you start signing up on these deals, it is it has the appearance of impropriety. Let's say. So, but this saga continues, and I will continue at 404-872-0750, or you can tweet at me, at Monica Perez Show. Monica Perez. It's all real. Oh, my God. I knew it. I knew it. On 95.5 WSB, Atlantis News and Talk. I love that drop. Okay. So, we're talking about the Biden thing. I have to bring in another Biden. So Hunter Biden also had a partnership, not just with Devin Archer and James Bulger and Chris Hines, but he had a partnership with Jim Biden, Joe's brother. And Jim Biden has his own accusations of funny business, which he denies categorically, but it happens to reflect what these other guys seem to be up to. Some or Devin Archer's buddies were into fraud. This guy is being accused of fraudulent dealings to sell a, uh, to prompt an investment in an oral care company like a rinse that prevents cancer. And he promised that his brother Joe would promote this product in his cancer initiative. Joe had a cancer initiative after his son died, but that cancer initiative folded. I don't know why. And, but what he's being accused of and denying is that what he was really trying to do was to steal the core business model and then bankrupt that company. And I guess maybe leverage that core business model somewhere else. The story was very short, but it just reminded me of Silicon Valley where they, they interview people and they brain rape them. That's what they call it. Like they just talk to them so they can get all their information and use it at at, at a competitor. So I don't know if that's what it is, but he denies it. Okay. But here is how much time do we have? All right, so Hunter Biden is in a business with Joe Biden called Paradigm. It's a finance company, Paradigm. Paradigm. Yes. That had a joint venture called Paradigm Stanford run by a guy. See, this is where being always up on the news, 
you know, what threads to pull. I was like, Stanford, Stanford, Alan Stanford. He was convicted of the biggest Ponzi scheme I ever heard. He's serving a 110-year sentence on $8 billion worth of fraud. And I remember it got like no, I mean, it was the Madoff scandal, I think, was smaller, but got so much press. So... I looked into it, and this Alan Stanford was like, these guys were in bed with Alan Stanford, and you never even heard about it? Guess who prosecuted Alan Stanford? Prosecuted Alan Stanford, a guy named Greg Andres. Oh. The husband of Ronnie Abrams, who got Devin Archer off the hook for Freud. And so I just thought it was kind of funny that he prosecuted Alan Stanford, but Jim and Hunter don't even come up when they talk about the Alan Stanford thing. And, um, you know, just uh, just curious. Anyway, I think we're going to wrap this up and move on to Greta after the break. This is Monica <laughs> Perez. Please take my hand. Now open your mind to me. Please open your mind. Open your mind. Open your mind. This is Monica Perez waking Atlanta up to the true threats to our liberty every Saturday from 3 to 6 right here on 95.5 WSB. I am on till 6 tonight, thank goodness, because we have so much to cover. Actually, we covered it all. And if you want to go back and listen, I mean, I think I put a lot out there on the what the real Biden scandal here. And I have not heard it in any one place anywhere else. However, I will tell you that every single one of my sources is a mainstream source. It's what's called open source investigation. I mean, The Hill, Wall Street Journal, New York Post, and I've tweeted a lot of it out there. You can find it. It's just nobody's putting it together. But if you want to hear that I the way we just put it together, we're going to rebroadcast this show. Binkley and I, we do a daily news show called the Drive Time News Blast. But we're going to broadcast this, replay this show Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday of this week. You can find it at thepropreport.com or uh, on any podcast uh, platform that you like under Propaganda Report. So you can find it there. Uh, and I was... I was thinking, what did you, didn't you just tell me that I should just uh, phone it in, that this is, it's over? Didn't you debunk my entire story here? I can't, sorry, I can't. Snopes debunked everything. Biden's a fantastic person. Oh, okay. Well, if Snopes says. It's been debunked. What's funny about Snopes is it will like. Put on uh, it'll take like the narrowest interpretation of whatever it is that's being said and debunk that. So this is what I anticipate now. Now that you mention it, I think somebody. So cause I said this stuff is not being pulled together and it should be investigated because really I think this all goes to these this asset recovery stuff by George Soros, where he's going into other countries and taking people's money with the help of the United States government. Seems like that's what's going on. I don't know for sure, but I would love an investigation. But I wouldn't be surprised if somebody stitches together everything I just laid out today into a post 
on a controversial conspiracy website that puts a couple of wrong things in it. They're going to insert disinformation, and then that will be what's debunked in the future. Let's take the whole thing, and then they'll put something in there that you can debunk. Michelle Obama's a man or something like that. You know, and they'll just say, clearly she's not. She has children. (laughs) So I'm just not that they're, you know... Not that I think only women can have children. So anyway, I'm just saying that's how it operates. They take real stuff. They blast you with information. They insert a lot of disinformation into it. You can look up Cass Sunstein's memo called Conspiracy Theories if you want to see how it's intentional. He's like, this is how you get rid of information in the marketplace that you don't like. You mix it up with disinformation, and that debunks the entire source. So... I don't have that, but you might end up seeing that anyway. So what the other big thing that's been in the news is this uh, Greta from Sweden. We, you introduced me to her before she really made the scene. But her speech at the U.N., when I first heard it, I immediately tweeted, I mean, immediately that she was Well, what I said was, if she doesn't dial this back, she's going to lose all credibility. She's just hamming it up too much. And I get many replies to that, including what credibility. So Greta, the actress you're talking about, right? Greta Thunberg, the actress. Yes. Why do you call her an actress? Because she's clearly an actress. (laughs) That is true. Her mother is an entertainer, an opera singer. She has a coach who appears in a lot of photos with her. And uh, does she admit that she's scripted, even though she's always reading, or does she not admit She actually says that she has not brought prepared comments, which she is actually reading from prepared comments. And then her her special superpower is that she can't respond spontaneously to questions? She has some sort of anxiety (laughs) disorder associated with muteness, so she can't respond, yes. So when she feels under pressure, she just can't respond that's handy mm-hmm. <laughs> anyway so let's listen to what i mean is there any backstory we should talk about this people have heard the clip probably but we've got more to the story we're gonna unfold so i want to play the clip but what else what else should we know she's reading the entire thing from the script the entire time of this clip she's reading it yes oh my gosh okay let's hear it let's hear it let's hear that clip This is all wrong. I shouldn't be up here. I should be back in school on the other side of the ocean. Yet you all come to us young people for hope. How dare you? You have stolen my dreams and my childhood with your empty words. And yet I'm one of the lucky ones. People are suffering People are dying. Entire ecosystems are collapsing. We are in the beginning of a mass extinction. And all you can talk about is money and fairy tales of eternal economic growth. How dare you? I have so many fairy tales of eternal economic growth. So is she in favor, as I am, of not using the government to subsidize infrastructure? 
or of not using the government to subsidize oil transportation or not using the government to depress interest rates? Is she because a free market economy is would be a lot more balanced? I don't know if that's her position. Because I really think all environmentalists should just say, hey, all we do is stimulate growth with tax dollars. And you can call it socialism, you can call it fascism, you can call it whatever you want. But big government people get behind that kind of thing. And one of the things that I guess a five. So, oh, so as this came out, I knew I, I was like, I said she went too far. It took me a day to realize it was on purpose. Yeah. That she was triggering people, that she was getting people to go apoplectic. And it worked. Yes. Very well. There was actually a parody released on her main website a couple of days later that was a hotline for angry white men who yell at Greta to call and get information about climate change and to deal with their issue of yelling at Greta, which is interesting because I saw a lot of people who were angry yelling about Greta, and I said, this is exactly how they want you to react And then when they release this video right after, and it is identical to the reaction, you have to step back and question your reaction to this propaganda. Yeah, she did it for sure on purpose, or somebody did. So when the first guy called her mentally ill or something like that on Fox, then a a, counter personality said it's unconscionable to criticize this girl. Now, I would say it is unconscionable for them to use her in this way. Like, that is not abuse. She's too young. Yeah. And uh, but what but by using her, they make her somebody you cannot attack. So you can't counter her or you're being abusive. Like, that's what they're trying to do with Biden. Like, he is a victim. So you can't. So they they're they set them up. And the reason you can't attack vulnerable people who are defenseless or who are historical victims is for that very reason. They are powerless. So by exploiting them in this way, you make them now not innocent so then the people who you've been trying to protect children or oppressed people then they have no more credibility because in fact some of them are using their identity or position to do something exploitive and you and you are going to no longer want to give them the benefit of the doubt yeah it's putting children at the front lines of an information war not unlike they do in a physical war at times and It's putting kids in danger because they are believing these extreme messages. People will say, oh, it's just rhetoric when AOC says it's going to be 12 years. But when a kid believes that they're going to die in 12 years and goes and protests in the middle of the street in front of oncoming traffic, it's putting them in danger. Yeah, and it actually tells them to do these crazy things. Like, actually, somebody – people were arrested in Buckhead for standing in traffic for climate. Yeah. So I want to – quick, while we're still in the same mindset, I want – I, is it clip 11 who is Severin Suzuki? I think so. So this was 1992, yeah. the UN, UN Climate Summit in Rio. This is uh, play clip 11. Hello, I'm Severin Suzuki speaking for ECHO, the Environmental Children's Organization. We're a group of 12 and 13-year-olds trying to make a difference. Vanessa Setti, Morgan Geisler, Michelle Quigg, and me. We've raised all the money to come here ourselves, to come 5,000 miles to tell you adults you must change your ways. Coming up here today, I have no hidden agenda. I am fighting for my future. 
Losing my future is not like losing an election or a few points on the stock market. I am here to speak for all generations to come. I am here to spe speak on behalf of the starving children around the world whose cries go unheard. So that was somebody different. That was not Greta. That was uh, somebody else. And But similar to Greta, her parent is an activist and a performer. Her father, David Suzuki, was a had a kids TV show on science before she was even born in Canada. And he was he continued to be a media personality in Canada. I I he did get some kind of award. I didn't um earned him a United Nations Environment Program award in 1985. So that was before this but yet she says which probably was technically true that she raised the money herself to get there but it wouldn't take much for for her to use his platform to get that i mean my guess is her father was there in rio but this guy in recent years he has been a, a, a climate change spokesperson and in 2008 so ten more than 10 years ago, he urged McGill University students to speak out against politicians who fail to act on climate change. This is 11 years ago. He says, what I would challenge you to do is to put a lot of effort into trying to see whether there's a legal way of throwing our so-called leaders into jail, because what they're doing is a criminal act. And that echoes something I want you to bring us after this break, Binkley. Didn't Greta say something like that? Yeah, she did. Yeah. Let's talk about it after the break. This is Monica Perez. Monica Perez. Bring big drama show. Let's go. Let's do it. On 95.5 WSB, Atlantis News and Talk. So we just heard that the Severin Suzuki was at the UN precursoring whatever Greta. And her dad called for students to figure out a way to throw so-called leaders in jail because what they're doing or not doing with regard to climate change is a criminal act. And that, too, I felt echoed Greta. Can we hear uh, Greta saying something like that? We will rise to the challenge. We will hold those who are the most responsible for this crisis accountable, and we will make the world leaders act. We can and we will. So... Let's noodle here. <laughs> who, who is the most responsible for this crisis? Conspiracy and, theorists who are deniers, I guess, and adults, obviously. And she's going to hold us accountable. I mean, uh, you know, I'm such an idiot. I actually thought to myself, like, maybe, oh, maybe the <laughs> the cronies who are running the world. Like, okay, I can I can buy that, but of course not. It's going to be the people who disagree with her. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> I mean, that's what it is. Obviously, that's what you're saying. And what's accountable? I guess Suzuki has the answer to that. Anyway, I hope I don't uh, catch uh, the board off guard, but I'm going to give out the prize pack. A pair of tickets. So the first person to call wins the weekend prize pack. A pair of tickets to see Chicago. Live in concert Saturday, October 12th at Cadence Bank Amphitheater at Chastain Park. Tickets are on sale now at LiveNation.com. First person to call 404-741-0750 gets that prize pack. So let's get back onto uh, to our track. So Binkley, yeah. So what do you think holding people accountable really means? 
Maybe she's going to start. Maybe we'll all get robocalls telling us that this is all wrong from Greta in the near future. Or maybe they'll just round up all the climate deniers. You know, holding people accountable in like a black mirror kind of way might include like not having access. This is why I worry about Bitcoin. Like I know a lot of libertarians like it and I'm, I would love to be behind it. And maybe it's the best thing that ever happened. I don't know. But there is the risk when you have a completely digitized world, including like the way you buy food. You can't grow your own food. You won't have a piece of grass. You won't have the heirloom seeds you need. They can just turn you off socially by if you're one of these damaging people. They don't have to throw you in jail. And they can say, well, we're not actually incarcerating you. We're just not letting you participate in this completely private system, you know, that has absolutely no protections. Anyway, so <laughs> a system they will have set up. Let's let's uh, keep going with Greta and what it really means. After the break, this is Monica Perez. Monica Perez. They think they control the galaxy. I disagree. On 95.5 WSB, Atlantis News and Talk. We were talking a lot about Biden, Ukraine. We switched gears to talk about Greta in the U.N. and the fact that she's not the first person to come scolding adults. She's not the first person who is calling for some kind of retribution against people who disagree with the climate message. She's not the first little girl who has access to professional entertainers and activists. We also played the clip of... Severin Suzuki from 1992 at the Rio summit with the same basic shtick. If you want to hear what what we've talked about on the show today, you can go to thepropreport.com. And on Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday, we're going to release each hour um, instead of our, I'm going to visit my mom. So I'm not going to do a daily news show, but you're going to have this. Normally, we do a daily news show every day for half an hour, but so you're going to get this. So go to thepropreport.com for all that. All of it. But anyway, okay, so these these two are certainly surrounded by performers. They're polished, effective. They get a lot of press. They have the same message. And there's another little girl who had a very different message, but was also uh, surrounded or from a family, a very high-level people. She was coached. And her message was equally convincing, equally emotional, equally public, equally well publicized, equally used to promote policy and totally false. That is in the record. Let us hear Naira. I saw the Iraqi soldiers come into the hospital with guns. They took the babies out of the incubators. took the incubators and left the children to die on the cold floor. That was horrifying. So she had presented herself as not the daughter of the the Kuwaiti ambassador, which is what she was. And she was coached by, what was the PR firm? Hill and Knowlton. Yeah, which has government contracts, right? Or was it, what's their specialty? Yeah. So this was a scandal. And... You probably still think that that was a true story in your mind. You remember that because the debunking of her testimony was not publicized the way her testimony was. And it was used to justify a war. The people, the people in Congress who voted for the war say that 
That's why they voted for it. And George Bush Sr. used that testimony over and over again to win the support of the public and of Congress. And I'm assuming, or I certainly never heard of anyone ever being prosecuted for that. No. Although Elliot Abrams, for example, was was it Iraq or Iran-Contra that he was um, found guilty of? And then Bill Barr strongly urged that he and the others were pardoned. So even if that does get some rubber stamp of like, you're bad, it doesn't uh, go anywhere. But the so when you hear this stuff. Keep your mind open to the possibility that there is stuff going on behind the scenes that is not fully vetted by the mainstream media. So when you consume it, you have to be a little. Just wait for for first thing you should do, in my opinion, is look at your own value system and make sure that whatever policy this manipulation is trying to get you to do it's it probably wouldn't be so manipulative if it weren't actually a violation of your fundamental values. They have to reach a deeper place in your mind to get you to invade another country, you know, that is not a threat to you. So that's what they do. And Ukraine has some some fishy little uh, audio that I didn't play for you last week. There, there, there are two things. I talked about this last week. I want to pay, play two more clips for you. This was Victoria Newland. I said, came back from Ukraine in December of 2013 and held a conference or went to like a small conference room with executives. And behind her was the Chevron logo over and over. She was reporting back to them that they had spent five years and $5 billion getting Ukraine to move to the east. I mean, to the west, to pivot west to Europe instead of Russia. And I had a lot of clips from that. Um didn't pull them. I tweeted the whole video. It's only about eight minutes. You can find it at, at Monica Perez show. But I but I found this one thing very interesting in the way it relates to the next clip I want to play. So this is one. This is the first clip. This is Victoria Newland talking to the Chevron people. Let's hear clip 18. I returned to, uh, to Ukraine for my third visit in five weeks last Tuesday in support of these very goals, this time conducting parallel coordinated high-level diplomacy with EU High Representative Kathy Ashton with all of the key Ukrainian stakeholders. Then, halfway through our visit, in the wee hours of Wednesday, December 10th, we witnessed the appalling show of force by government forces who turned riot police, bulldozers, and tear gas on the Maidan demonstrators as they sang hymns and prayed for peace. So there were deaths in the Maidan over a several-month period that finally got the president to go on the run, and they held him up on charges of murder, and I think he's still in exile in Russia to avoid those charges. I think he was even convicted in absentia, if I'm not mistaken. And so she's talking about her and Kathy Ashton being horrified at the violence in the Maidan that the government was perpetrating on the protesters. Here's a couple of months later, after it's all said and done, and there's a very there's a lot, a lot here too with the, the Catherine Ashton clip. I've only got a tiny little piece of it, but you can go find it. Catherine Ashton, Estonian foreign minister audio. So let's just hear clip 17. I think it speaks for itself. What was quite disturbing, the same Olga told that, well, all the evidence shows uh, that people who were killed by snipers from both sides, among policemen and um, people from the streets, that they were the same snipers. 
healing people from both sides. Well, that's, yeah. That's, so that, and then she also showed me some photos. Uh, she said that as medical doctor, she can, you know, say that it is the same, same handwriting, the yeah. same type of bullets. And it's really disturbing that now the new, uh, new coalition that they don't want to investigate what exactly happened. So that there is now stronger and stronger understanding that behind snipers, they were, it was not Yanukovych, but it was somebody from the new coalition. I think we do want to investigate. I mean, I didn't, I didn't pick that up. It's interesting. Gosh. 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 <laughs> Gosh, that's interesting. <laughs> wow. Well, oh well, whatever. <laughs> In another part of that clip, she's like, we have to pass out cookies. And and Victoria, oh no, Victoria Newland passed out the cookies. She says you have to put flowers in the, you have to show people. She said, I don't want to like play a bunch of clips, but she says you have to show, I've been tell, I've been working closely with the new coalition, who's the people that replaced the guy who ran out of town. And I'm telling them they need to put flowers in the square so that the people who lost their loved ones know that we're sympathetic. And this guy's like, yeah, it's going to be a tough sell because now people are figuring out that somebody went in there killing people on both sides just to make it look like this thing got bloody spontaneously. And when he says, like Olga said, it's the same signature, he didn't mean her handwriting. He didn't mean that literally. He meant that she could tell that it was the same guns. And actually, the snipers came out later, a couple of years later, and, and admitted to doing it. They they said that they were the guys who did it. Anyway, so Victoria Newland's with this Catherine Ashton and reporting back that, like, oh, we saw these horrors. You know, is Catherine Ashton reporting back and saying, oh, gosh, our bad. Uh, I wasn't the guy we don't like. It was the guy we do like. Oh, I don't know what to do now. Let's let's. Let's fix this because I'm just here because I want justice for the Ukrainian people. I'm just saying we're being manipulated, whether it's somebody crying, whether it's somebody passing out cookies, whether it's flowers, whether, you know, whatever it is. People think that you don't, I, you know, I get criticized sometimes for like looking too deep and saying like, uh, you always think there's something going on behind the scenes. Like there is something going on behind the scenes. Yeah. They are not putting stuff on Fox and CNN, like in real time, like come what may, we're reporting the truth here. We're yeah. going to just say whatever, whatever. And even if it means like the whole thing collapses or goes up in flames, we're going to just tell you how it is because that's all we do. That's all we do. I mean... And always what you get from both sides leads you to the same policy conclusion. So my guess is with Ukraine, it's going to be an escalation of weaponry and some uh, they'll probably have to subsidize the heck out of the gas to. So maybe the U.S. government, here's a wrinkle that might happen. The U.S. government will subsidize their infrastructure to import liquefied natural gas across an ocean when they have pipelines running through their actual land. Like it's just mind boggling. But then. That's why, like, infrastructure investment subsidizes the oil companies or the car companies. You know, that's that's where it comes in. So we go in there, and now people on left and right are clamoring for more aid to Ukraine and weapons and stuff. Like, that's both—everybody's saying that from both sides. And maybe Biden's just, like, knows that he's going to walk away from this without losing everything because that's not what's going to happen. And so he's willing to just be in the limelight and maybe Hunter has some atoning to do because he's the bad egg. And so 
he's going to just take the bad rap as long as he stays out of jail and keeps his money. I don't know. You know, but it's disturbing, right? It's a bit disturbing. Gosh. I think Biden, they might be setting Biden up to be the candidate. I don't know about that. Like, I know you and I have talked about this. I wonder if it's really, if it's, if it's to push him out. Well, it doesn't either way, right? So, so pushes him out and he, and Warren is the one, or he is the one. And there you have the whole election interference thing again. Yeah. Or Hillary jumps in. That's how we started. Say it again. Or Hillary jumps in. Or Stacey Abrams. Or Stacey Abrams. I know she's busy being governor of, you know, imaginary Georgia, governor. Georgia, right. The, um, no, but that's where we started with Daddy-O's tattoos. Like, this will be used to delegitimize the election yeah. no matter what. Like, it's already affecting the election, whatever happens. If Biden gets in or if he doesn't get it, all he has to do is step out right now. And yeah. that's it. Like, the candidate that could have beat him, that we all said could have beat him, which I definitely don't think he could beat him, is the one. It's already delegitimized in the mind of that audience if Trump wins. Already. They've already laid enough groundwork for that. Funny. Because it's extra super funny because it also, at the same time, gives Trump cover for supporting probably the greatest enemy of Russia, like, on the ground that there is. Like, Russia is, in real time, having conflict in Ukraine and Syria, whatever. Not a lot of places. So here's Trump countering his buddy by taking their gas, by keeping them from having the gas pipelines they're trying to negotiate with Germany. So Trump keeps saying, hey, Germany's bad to you. Don't listen to Germany. I think Germany is still with Russia. Like, I can't import liquefied natural gas. Like, I need a pipeline. You know, the U.S. can't give me a pipeline. So I think that they're they're Trump is working hard to not help Russia here in Ukraine with the gas, any of that. And this gives that a ton of cover. So I am really I'm genuinely interested in how this is going to unfold. Let's wrap it up after the break. This is Monica Perez. Monica Perez. Don't hate the player, hate the game, son. On 95.5 WSB, Atlantis News and Talk. We're wrapping it up. And that was a jam-packed, action-packed show, I think, of stuff that you just didn't hear anywhere else about the Biden thing. And I, I would I would like to see an investigation of like a half a dozen of the things I brought up here. If you ha- I didn't hear the whole show. You want to hear it again, which I often do get emails like that. I've only ha- listened to the show once, but like, I think I'll get it after I listen to the second one. That's not good. I like to try to be clear, and I think it was clear. But in case you missed some of it, go to thepropreport.com, and we're going to put it up Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday, or any of your podcasting platforms, Propaganda Report. You can subscribe, and I think it just pops up for you automatically. But the... So, Binkley, we were talking, what did we cover today? We covered a lot of Biden stuff, a lot of Ukrainian stuff, impeachment stuff. Greta the Great. Greta the Great. You're going to have to, oh, I, that should, that will, you're right, that will be her handle. And I, I saw some of the imagery of her coming over on the yacht on this, like, insanely expensive, supposedly, I'm sure it was green yacht, trailed by a lot of not-so-green things, I'm sure. And she really gave me the impression of Joan of Arc. And then I was attenuated to whatever I was like aware of that. And then I saw her being called Joan of Arc all over the place. (laughs) So what do you think about, so what do you think that the impeachment will, whatever this process is, will, 
disrupt the election? Do you think Trump is going to win or not win or what? I think Trump absolutely wins because both sides at the top or the people who control both sides benefit financially and they benefit in terms of how quickly they can mobilize power for themselves. Explain that part. Well, if the public is fighting amongst each other, the left and right Mm -hmm, in the public, mm -hmm. then those who are the organizers of these two separate groups, the more angry and the more divided the country is, the more power those who control the two separate groups are. Yeah. And yeah, I agree. And then but I I there you pointed out something that I observed. Also, you're absolutely right about this. I was looking at the U.N. speech that Trump made earlier. And I thought I would have, like, so many clips, but I did not have too many clips. I had none. It wasn't that interesting. What was interesting, though, was this running commentary on the side. I don't know what they call it. It's like a Periscope thing or whatever. The YouTube chat thing? Chatter, yeah. It's a YouTube chatter. And people who were watching that, anyway, were huge POTUS fans. Just love the president. Love, love, love. A couple of, like, progressives were in there saying he's orange, and everybody just, like, immediately oh, piled dear. on. <laughs> Go away. You smell like poop was one of them. I don't even know what the person smelled like. But something you pointed out was in there. I used to like the orange man, but if he takes away my candy-flavored vape, I am not going to like him anymore. Yes. That is what we're seeing. So, all right, well, let's wrap it up. If you want to check us out at thepropreport.com, you'll have lots to listen to. We post every single day. This is Monica Perez.